Part 4. It is 2 o'clock when I arrive at the office of Linda Goldman, J.D. She has a storefront in Jackson Heights under the 7 train. I found her by Googling Defense Lawyer plus Queens plus Affordable on a computer at the local library. I see now that she is older than a website photo, but her haircut is the same. So, Harold, please sit down. I choose the middle chair in front of our desk. Her diplomas from Queens College and New York Law School hang on the wall behind her. Good. Now start from the beginning. I tell her all about Serena, the detectives, Mr. Thompson, and Walter the Elevator Man. I tell her about my lists, my suspensions, eBay, and my chemistry sets. I tell her about Halloween, my neighbor Cynthia, the three mystery ghosts, and a search warrant. She flinches with every detail, but she allows me to finish. Okay, Harold, the most important thing to do now is not to say anything else about anything to anyone. Jesus. I snort, but she continues. Seriously, if the detectives come back, don't talk to them. Tell them they have to speak to your lawyer. She speaks gruffly, but I decide that it's her normal way of talking. I tell her, okay. My retainer fee is $1,500 due up front, and I charge $150 an hour after that. I had already researched this. I nod and say, that's fine. Good. Now I'm going to ask you some questions. Answer me truthfully. I'll keep your answers confidential. Okay. First, the list. What the hell? I snort again and decide that I like Linda Goldman, J.D. That was supposed to be a joke. I guess it wasn't funny. But you're still laughing. I look down at the floor. I didn't mean to. I just really hated my boss. You know, I kind of get that. I do. But now she's really dead. Are you happy? No, of course not. But I feel the corners of my mouth creep up more. Stop it, Harold. Jesus. Did you act this way with the detectives? This is serious. Sorry. I continue to stare at the floor. So why did you hate your boss so much? What did she do to you? She stole my notebook and turned me into HR. Before that, she must have done something. I try to remember how it started. She was slow and annoying. So are a lot of people. You've got to do better than that, Harold. I think harder. She picked at me constantly. Everything I did was wrong. And she wanted to track everything with excruciating detail. She made me set up 11 new account codes to track different kinds of office supplies. And that's it. Seriously? This is all over some account codes? And her voice was awful. What? Her voice. She screeched like an angry bird. So she was verbally abusive? I guess so, but I, I mostly just hated her voice. She rolls her eyes. Okay, what else? She didn't like the way I stapled things. She told me she wanted me to staple documents diagonally to the corner instead of straight across. I think I get the picture. So you wrote those lists, she found them, and she turned you into HR. Yes. 
Were you ever in trouble at work before this? No, not really. Not ever? Well, I yelled at a vendor once because he was annoying and he complained to our CFO. But our CFO agreed that the vendor was annoying, so I wasn't in trouble. She writes this down. Okay. And did you ever tell your boss verbally that you wanted to kill her? No. But you told the elevator operator that you wanted to hurt your boss. Yes, but I was joking. Did anyone else hear you say that? No. She makes note of this also. And did anyone else have issues with your boss? Yes. Serena complained a lot. She fought with the department heads over their expense reimbursements. She also didn't like the carpeting. What? The carpeting. She thought the smell was oppressive. I think she even met with her CFO about it. And what happened with that? Carpeting's still there. Okay. And how about outside of work? Were you ever arrested? No. Were you ever questioned by the police before this? No. Good. Any relationships? Spouse? Ex-spouse? Significant other? No. And how about your neighbors? Any problems there? No. My next-door neighbor is nice. I don't really know the others. She writes more in a pad. How about pets? Hobbies? Do you keep an alligator in your bathtub? Anything I should know? I stop and think. Really just my chemistry sets. I like the antique sets. I have a real Gilbert set from 1936. Okay. And the detectives asked you about the chemicals, yes? Yes. I bought some chemicals online and they asked me if I was planning to make a bomb. But I wasn't. I was just looking to replace the inventory from the antique sets. What I bought wasn't nearly enough for a bomb anyway. I'm not gonna ask you how you know that. Anything else? How about the eBay items? Why did you buy the pregnant shark? Someone sniped me while I was bidding on a chemistry set that I like, so I sniped him back as revenge. And did that make you feel better? Yes, actually. She sighs. Okay, Harold, what else? I'm still suspended from work. Yeah, no kidding. But I didn't kill anyone. And I wasn't arrested. But you said multiple times that you wanted your boss dead. Not great. I'll call your employer and see what we can do there. Don't contact them without me. That's important. But let's get back to the detectives first. Okay. You said they had a warrant. Yes. They showed it to you. Yes. And you cooperated. Yes. From what you've told me, they haven't found anything to put you at the scene of her death. But I'd still like to prove your alibi. Tell me again about the ghosts. There were three, with black umbrellas. I don't remember anything else. Okay. I'll send an investigator to your neighborhood and see if we can find them. And your neighbor, she teaches kindergarten? Maybe she'll know if any of her students dressed up as ghosts. I'll talk to her, too. Can you give me your contact info? She hands me a legal pad, and I write down Cynthia's full name and address. Good. Now, where was your boss killed? 103rd and Madison, right by my work. That's a rough neighborhood. The cops know that, too. I'll send an investigator to that area to talk to the local businesses. Maybe someone saw something.
Shouldn't the police be doing that? Yes, but we're going to do it too. I feel the corners of my mouth turn up again. I wish that Linda Goldman J.D. had been with me yesterday. When will I get my chemistry sets back? And my computer? I'll deal with that too, but it will be a while. I'm going to call the detectives now and tell them not to contact you again. If they call you, very important, tell them to go through me. She stands up from her chair, signaling that our meeting is over. She shakes my hand across her desk, hands me her card, and tells me that she will be in touch. It is exactly three when I leave Linda Goldman's office. I have already used the first hour of her retainer fee. I will call Chase when I get home and transfer money from savings to checking. My savings account will last me 72 billable hours. After that, I'll have to start breaking my CDs. Hopefully, Linda Goldman J.D. will wrap this up quickly. It is 4.03 when Cynthia pulls into her driveway. I walk across my lawn and greet her at her car. Oh, hi, Harold. I was going to stop by and see you. I step back so she can finish opening her car door. She steps out into the driveway. How did the kids like the treat bags? What? Oh, they did. Thanks. Cynthia's youngest daughter is in the back seat of the car. Cynthia unbuckles the booster seat and tells her daughter to go inside. So, Harold, I wanted to tell you that the police were here yesterday. I know. They told me. What's going on? My boss died on Halloween, and they think I killed her. I start to laugh, but I stop myself. That's awful. Why do they think that? I don't want to tell her the details. I, I think they're just casting a wide net. A anyway, I told the detectives I was here that night handing out candy. I also told them you could confirm that. Cynthia nods. I told them that I saw you after school. I even described your costume, but they asked me how I knew it was you in the costume. I start to laugh again, but Cynthia looks uncertain, so I turn it into a cough. I cough two more times for effect. Anyway, they said she died later between 6 and 8, so I need to prove I was home then, too. I was actually hoping you could help. Three kids dressed as ghosts came to my house right around 6. I'm not sure who they were, but would you happen to know if there were any ghost costumes in your class? Not in my class, but I can ask around school if that helps. Do you have a lawyer? Yes, Miss $150 an hour. She's going to send an investigator around also, so you may get another visit. Cynthia's daughter grows impatient and shouts, Mom! from inside. Cynthia smiles apologetically. Well, sorry for this, Harold, but stay in touch. I'll let you know if I hear anything. I watch her as she walks into her house and closes the door. Then I turn and walk back across my lawn. There are leaves all over the walkway again. I will wake up early and rake them tomorrow. It is Thursday morning, 9.13. I walk downstairs and nod at the mummy that still sits in my hallway. The mummy looks worn out and sad in the morning sunlight. I pause for a moment and wonder if I'm allowed to put it away for the season. I try to remember what the detectives told me and what I learned from Law & Order. Then I find Linda Goldman, J.D.'s business card, and call her on her cell. This is Linda. Hi, it's Harold, from yesterday. Harold, yes. Is everything all right? 
I want to take down my Halloween decorations. What? I hear traffic noises in the background. I want to take down my Halloween decorations. Oh, well, okay, good for you. Really? Sure, why not? Well, in case the detectives come back. I wasn't sure if I had to leave things as they were. It's fine, go ahead. Your house isn't a crime scene. I hear the subway rumble. Probably the 7 train. And did you find the ghosts yet? What? Did you find the ghosts? Okay, I hear you. Jesus, my detective is canvassing today. I'm on my way to court now, but I'll keep you posted. It is 9.19, another .1 billable hour spent. I walk upstairs to my attic and bring down the Tupperware bin that I use for my Halloween items. I take down the glow-in-the-dark cobweb from my front door first. It is not as bright as it used to be, but I decide to keep it for another year. I fold it into a gallon-sized ziplock and place it carefully at the bottom of the bin. I move on to the mummy next. The mummy is really sagging. I decide it's time to replace the newspaper stuffing. I lay him on the floor and unwrap the gauze and ace bandages. Then I pull out the yellowed, crumpled pages of the news and the post. I smooth out some of the pages, and I'm surprised to see how old they are. Giuliani was still mayor, and Monica Lewinsky was on page six. I recognize my mother's handwriting on some of the word jumble puzzles. I sit on the floor in the hall and read through all the old articles. When I'm finished, I save one of my mother's puzzles and bag the rest for recycling. I stuffed the mummy with fresh papers and rewrapped the bandages. Then I put the mummy back in a rocking chair and admire my handiwork. He sits straight again, just like new. It is almost noon. I pack the mummy into the Tupperware bin and bring it back up to the attic. I look around and feel unsettled as I remember the detective's search. I quickly walk downstairs and close the door behind me. I go back to the kitchen and reheat my black coffee from this morning. Then I sit at my table and wait for Linda Goldman to call back. It is 3.04 and Linda Goldman hasn't called. My legs are restless from sitting. I get up and pace around my kitchen table. Then I do a lap around my living room and walk up and down the stairs. At 3.06 I sit back down at my table. My doorbell rings at 3.08. It is a long, insistent buzz, and my heart beats faster as I try to decide what to do. Did the detectives come back to arrest me? I call into Goldman's cell again, but it goes straight to voicemail. I hang up without leaving a message. The doorbell buzzes again. I sit motionless in my chair and hold my breath, hoping they won't notice me. My heart is racing now, and I half expected the detectives to break down the door. Then I hear footsteps retreating. I don't dare move yet in case it's a trap. Then at 4.09, I get up and look through the peephole on my front door. The view is obstructed, so I cautiously open the door to examine. There is a USPS package slip stuck to the door covering the peephole. At 4.10, my phone rings. It is Linda Goldman, J.D. Harold, I saw you called. Is everything all right? Someone was at my door. And? I thought it was the detectives, but it wasn't. Who was it? Just a mailman trying to deliver a package. My pregnant shark model. It requires signature. She is silent at the other end, and I feel myself turn red. I hear a siren in the background. Okay, Harold, 
Here's my advice. My non-legal advice. Go outside, get some fresh air, find something to do. Put together your shark model. But what if the detectives come back? Then you tell them to speak to me. Did you hear back from your investigators? Not yet, Harold. But give me time. It's only been a day. I don't believe her at first, but then I do the math and realize she's right. Halloween was just three days ago, and I only met Linda yesterday. I thank Linda for her advice and hang up the phone. Then I take a hungry man dinner out of my freezer and put it in the microwave. I sit at my table and I wait for the smell of cobbler to fill the room. And I try not to think about how much has changed. It is Monday afternoon, 4.09. I am pacing in my living room when I hear my doorbell ring. I drop to the ground, crawl to the front window, and try to look out without being seen. It is Cynthia holding a green Tupperware container. She sees me through the window and waves. I stand up and greet her at my door. Hi, Harold. How's it going? Okay, I guess. I'm not sure if I should invite her inside. I eye the container and continue to stand in the doorway. Well, that's good. I wanted to let you know that one of the teachers I work with has a boy in her class who dressed as a ghost for Halloween. He went trick-or-treating in our neighborhood. I feel myself bright. Really? Did he like the treat bag? I don't know if it's the same ghost, but I got the name and address so your lawyer can follow up. She takes an index card from her pocket and hands it to me. I continue to eye the container. Also, we made brownies over the weekend and I thought you might like some. Here. She hands me the container and it is satisfyingly heavy. Thanks, Cynthia. That's great news. Uh, about the brownies, I mean. She laughs. Well, I hope this helps. I'll let you know if I hear anything else. I watch her walk back across my lawn. Then I go to my kitchen and call Linda Goldman, J.D. This is Linda. I have a lead on the ghosts. Who is this? It's Harold. My neighbor stopped by and said she may have found one of the ghosts. This is the kindergarten teacher? Yes. Well, good. Good for you. Do you have the info? I read out the name and contact information from the index card. I'll take it from here. Everything else okay? I guess so. Did you go outside today? Not yet. Well, go for a walk. It's beautiful out. I'll keep you posted on the ghost. I'm working on another lead, too, near your office. I feel myself brighten again. What kind of lead? It's not confirmed yet. I'll let you know when I have more. I'm headed to the train now, but we'll talk soon. She hangs up. I decide to take her advice, put on my coat, and walk outside. My heart beats faster at first, and I look around to make sure there are no detectives watching. The path looks clear. I start to relax and allow myself to enjoy the warm sunlight. Linda was right. It's a beautiful day. I force myself to do two full laps around the block. I take deep breaths of the crisp air and will my mind to clear. Then I walk past my house to the corner deli. I buy milk and a pint of haagen to go with the brownies. And I honestly wonder, what happens next? <laughs>